From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. We have got it all here this morning from the, well, from the fractious to the frivolous. <laughs> Lots of frivolous. And we're back in action again here. James Berlander is back with us. And, of course, Katie, who makes it all happen here, and Jack Harris. And if you want to join us, give us a call at 800-969-9352 or text us at 82945 and begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And James explained the app. So we've got our talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. So, you, by the way, you can hear us crystal clear. It's free on your app store. Download it. Stream News Radio WFLA. You could leave us a message. There's a little microphone icon when you're streaming us. Tap it, record a message, hit send, and we'll get it. Just like voicemail. Yep, and we can use it on the air. So anyway, well, big things here today. First of all, uh, we've got a hurricane watch on the other coast and there's a good chance that we're going to get a pretty pretty strong impact from this new storm that's coming across now uh the national hurricane center has issued a hurricane watch from the uh, volusia brevard county line to the hallandale beach and lake okeechobee and of course it'll weaken as it comes across the state but we could get very heavy rainfall and some strong winds, and that should be happening probably on Thursday. They're saying we can get anywhere from two to four inches of rain with some higher amounts and tropical storm force winds and two to three feet above normal tides, and that would be on Thursday and Friday. So we've got to get ready for that one. This one's now known as Invest 98L. That's a weird name, Invest. I don't know why they call these storms Invest, but that's what they are. That's one of the big stories, the really big story that's going to impact us for a long, long time is obviously it's Election Day, and the polls open in a little less than two hours. So if you haven't voted yet, You certainly want to get out there and do it. And the one other thing that's happening that won't impact us in any way, but it might be fascinating to watch, the last total lunar eclipse until 2025 is taking place this morning. It's known as the blood moon. And, of course, lunar eclipses happen when the sun, earth, and moon line up so the moon passes into the earth's shadow and when it happens the moon appears to take on a dramatic reddish hue um well that's why they call it the blood moon and the total lunar eclipse is probably special because again they say it'll be the last one until march of 2025 We'll have a few partial ones before that, but the total one, this is it. And they say the forecast here in the Bay Area is pretty good because we got mostly clear skies overnight, and um, it should be available 
in this area. But um, let's see, NASA says the totality of it begins at 517. So that's less than 10 minutes from now. And then it'll be showing until 642 this morning. So from 517 until 642, you can apparently see it right out here. So we may have to go out and check it out. Of course, we got a lot of trees and things that make it a little difficult to see them. Boy, the moon was beautiful last night. But anyway, it is happening this morning. We'll have Chris Trinkman coming up in just a minute here and find out what's going on in our community. Right now, it's 510 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Questions apply. Quick takes. takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time, providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And here's what you need to know from Chris Strinkman in here out of the newsroom. And what's up this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. It is Election Day with lots of big races going on here in Florida and around the country. However, someone else is stealing the spotlight. Who do you think it is? Would it be President Trump? You got it. (laughs) The former president teasing a big announcement that he says is coming next week. While campaigning for Republicans in Ohio, Trump noted he will deliver the news at Mar-a-Lago on November 15th. And he said he doesn't want to distract from the importance of today's midterm elections. I mean, Nothing that might, you know, get anybody's attention or anything like that. <laughs> a big announcement from President Trump. It is expected he will say he's running for president in 2024. Yeah, we so, were talking about the other day. It'd be interesting if the Republicans took over the House and they could actually appoint him as Speaker of the House. They sure could. Because you don't have to be a member of the House to be the Speaker. That, that's true. Although it always has been. Right. But... According to the law, they can pick anybody they want. Yeah. And at one time he was talking about that, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kevin McCarthy might uh, might want to you know keep a couple of eyes over his shoulder just to make sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it does not have to be an elected member of Congress. That's just the way they've done it. And it kind of makes sense, too, because the Speaker's office is there at the Capitol, and you know they handle the speaker handles a lot of congressional business, day to day business, and things of that nature. So yeah. it makes sense that perhaps a Congress person person would do that job, but that doesn't mean President Trump can't move up there and set up shop in the Capitol. Yeah, and you know we'll see what uh, what kind of support he would get. He hasn't really talked about whether he would do that or not, so we'll see if that's a, a possibility. Well, the top concern for voters ahead of the midterms is the economy. The Gallup poll on this issue said 49% of registered voters say that the economy will be an extremely important issue when they cast their vote. Abortion came in second at 42%, followed by crime at 40%. You would think that crime would be at the top of the list, given how rampant it is across the country right now. Well, I think that the economy is something that affects everybody. Well, that's everybody. true. Yeah, that impacts every voter. That's right. I think that crime is a big issue for certain folks, depending on where they live. Uh, but the economy is something that cuts across all income levels, and uh, 
all areas of the country, and that's definitely big, been a big issue. I mean, you can't avoid getting gas, can't avoid paying a power bill, right? So those are things that have been top of mind the last several months, and it's no surprise. Yeah, it continues gas to be an has issue. Really been a big issue. I mean, four years ago it was two something, and it's been up to four something now. Fortunately, it's down around three something, but it seems to be moving back up a little. And yeah. all that we have to do is drill for our own gas and open things like the Keystone Pipeline, and we can get the price of gas down. Well, the uh, gas tax we had here in Florida is now back in effect. Yeah. So that's part of the problem with gas prices here in this state. Although I think it was yesterday, maybe it was the day before, I saw that prices, if you go to a place like Costco, it was down at about three fifteen a gallon if you have a membership to a place like that. Yeah, the lowest on Gandhi was at the uh, 7-Eleven, I think, down there, three and a quarter. Yeah, not too bad, because yeah. I've seen 355 in some other places, three, almost 360, yeah. depending upon where you where you get your gas. Yeah, the current Bay Area average in the Bay Area is 342 and a half. Yeah, yep, that's quite a bit when you got a big truck to fill. Oh, yeah, diesel, much, much more. Even more. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has declared a state of emergency for 34 counties in the path of subtropical storm Nicole. And then there's a hurricane watch in effect for much of Florida's east coast. The center of Nicole expected to close in on the east coast by Wednesday night, perhaps hitting early Thursday morning. And the path has moved northward just a bit. We're somewhere looking at between Palm Beach and Daytona Beach. Uh, depending on which uh, model you you trust, but you know here we are again in November with a potential hurricane strike on the state. Yeah, we could get some real heavy rains and heavy winds as a result of that here, uh, and maybe even a little coastal flooding. Uh, obviously, not as bad as over there, but it'll be pretty much like a tropical storm. Yeah, that's right. And some areas of the state, like uh, Sarasota County, for example, do not need any more rain. Oh, so no. that is, uh, that's an issue. Polk County has got the Peace River. They're concerned about flooding there. So we're going to keep a close eye on just how those rainfall totals add up. And anytime you have a storm system like that moving across the state, there's the potential for tornadoes and, oh, other, yeah. and other problems. Yeah, Katie's got somebody from the National Weather Service that's going to be joining us in the next hour so. We'll get their word on the latest on it. So a Sarasota County school mascot is the source of friction with Disney World. Disney invited the Venice High School Band to perform in next Saturday's parade, but the school refused once Disney expressed concerns about the Indian mascot. Disney wanted the band to cover the school's logo of a man in a Native American headdress. The district says the students deserve to be honored and celebrated without having to change the school name or alter the logo, so they're not going to do it. Yeah, they decided not to, and you just wonder. I mean, Indians, well, I've always said that uh, Cleveland should have just changed their logo to a map of India. Yeah. That would do it because that's what they were named after, Indians. Columbus thought he was in India. That's right. And he called them Indians. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with the term Indian at all. I mean, Redskins was a bad name, yep. but not Indians or Native Americans or anything like that. Maybe it's just the design. You know, they don't like the uh, the Indian head. 
uh, with the feathers and the you know the big headdress. But apparently that's what they wore in some tribes. Yeah, that that was a big deal. Yeah, a lot of uh, schools have gotten rid of that that logo. We had one here in Tampa. Yeah, the Chamberlain Chiefs. Chamberlain Chiefs, you know, changed their name to the Chamber Chamberlain Storm. I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, which reminds me of uh, St. John's, you know, up in New York. They used to be the Redmen. And they had an Indian-style logo for a while. They changed that to the Red Storm. And in Illinois, they had the Fighting Illini. Their logo on the helmets of the football team and their sports was a headdress, you know, full headdress of a Native American chief. They got rid of that. Now they they just put Illini on the helmets. Yeah. The word. The term chiefs, I don't understand how that's offensive for sure. Yeah, you know, I think... It's the kind of thing, Jack, I guess you you have to talk to the groups that represent these uh, Native American tribes because they seem to be the ones who make the uh, complaints about it. And in the case of Disney, they've decided to take their side on that. But uh, but you're right. A lot of people uh, enjoyed those logos and and saw them as a more of a respect symbol, uh, sort of a tribute to their their. their legacy in, in the area, you know, if they're an area that had those tribes. But some people find them offensive. And so, unfortunately, for those folks, go. they got to go. Mm. That's right. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank i got to go Chris. out and check out the moon. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. I want to check it out for me, too. Get a picture. <laughs> okay. It's 522, and John Thomas has got our traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 526, this is our Tampa Bay history segment here. And today we want to focus on Gandhi Bridge, which was built by George Shepard Gandhi, called Dad Gandhi. He was known as Dad Gandhi, business executive and a developer. Um, but that was the first bridge to span Tampa Bay in Florida. Of course, he, they say, built a lot of buildings and transportation lines and things like that, both in Philadelphia and here in St. Petersburg. But he began discussion with Walter Fuller regarding the best route for a bridge across old Tampa Bay, and he formed a company called the Gandhi Bridge Company, And in 1915, he decided on a final route, and they were partners. And within a few years, they had the right-of-way and had support and all that stuff and got the backing of local businesses as well as the uh, government, and his plans were finally approved. I don't know why they had to have this group approve them, but by the Department of War, on February 11th, 1918, uh, financing stalled, and it took a few more years to really get it going, but Florida Governor Kerry Hardy ceremonially opened the bridge on November 20th, 1924. It is the longest overwater highway in the world. There it was, the longest overwater highway in the world. I mean, now you've got bridges to Key West and things like that. But at the dedication, Gandhi's entire speech was four words, the bridge is built. And, of course, it was replaced in 1956, expanded in 76, and then 
expanded again back in 1996, and they left one of the automobile sections intact as the Friendship Trail Bridge, a walking park. Uh, but before that, people were going from Tampa to St. Petersburg or St. Pete to Tampa in those old, old automobiles or in horse carriages had to go all the way up to the northern part of the bay through the area of Oldsmar and then come all the way down. It was a terribly long trip, 40, 45 miles at that time. So the Gandhi Bridge was quite an addition. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Katie Buccino and James Berlander all on board here this morning. And Katie, what do we have trending this morning? Well, today is National Cappuccino Day. Cappuccino, that's something from... Something with coffee. Coffee shops. I honestly have no idea what a cappuccino is because I am not a coffee drinker, so I get a pass there. Maybe our listener can tell us. Do you know what it is, James? Maybe James knows. It's kind of like a hot chocolate, only it's more coffee than hot chocolate. And you can flavor it, whatever flavor you want. I just go Plus, with hot it chocolate. Plus, it had some shots of espresso in it. Mm. I'm with... An extra little pick-me-up. Katie, I'll go for the hot chocolate. Yeah, I like hot chocolate. You drink decaf coffee, and you're good with just a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to fancy it up. I get that. Well, Joy does it at home. She takes the decaf, puts a blob of vanilla ice cream and something else in there. I don't know what, but... It's fantastic. Mm, that actually sounds really, really good. Joy brought us some treats this morning, some pumpkin cheesecake. I'm excited to try it. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet either. <laughs> I bet it's good. Pumpkin cheesecake is one of my favorite things. I get excited for fall time just because that rolls out. I'm not a big pumpkin lover either. I like pumpkin pie and pumpkin cheesecake, and that's pretty much where I draw the line. Pumpkin seeds, Yeah, too. I love pumpkin pie. I don't know if I've had pumpkin cheesecake before or not. It's very, very tasty. I order it at any restaurant sells it. I will pay an ungodly amount of money for a slice of pumpkin cheesecake. I have gotten the uh, pumpkin-flavored coffee at um, one, one of the coffee shops. I don't remember which one. Hmm, I bet that was good. Yep, pretty good. Speaking of being good, Delish.com has rated the top 30 Oreos. And I'm not going to go through all 30 of them, but it's ridiculous that there are that many types of Oreos. But there are. If you go into the Oreo aisle at a grocery store, you see an abundance of flavors. I mean, they have like churro Oreos, peanut butter Oreos, all that kinds of stuff. I didn't know that. I I eat the regular Oreos on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of Oreos. You can get dark chocolate Oreos. There's the Oreo Thins, which I think you like. You prefer yeah, the Oreo Thins, that's right? That's what I get, the Oreo Thins. They're not in the top five. The chocolate version of them are the chocolate Oreo Thins, which I've never had. I guess instead of the white filling in the middle, there's chocolate filling. Never had them. Those are good, yeah. Mm. Number four is the Oreo Bites, the little tiny Oreos, which I loved as a kid. I haven't had them in years. That sounds like that'd be good. Then the Oreo Mint Thins, which I would imagine would be kind of like a thin mint just kind of thinner and oreos version of it and the number two is the fudge dipped oreo thins which are just the tiny little oreos but they're dipped in chocolate which mm. sounds delicious and the number one surprised me the birthday cake oreo i've never had yeah. it but i guess they loved it said it was the number one out of all the 30 oreo varieties it's like the uh, confetti cake Oh, I do love a good yeah. confetti cake. Same thing. That's what Banco gives away every month, the confetti cake. And mm. you know, Jack, you love that confetti cake. Yep, I sure do. Hmm. Well, that's what's stuff. trending.
And that's what's trending. And it's 541 on AM Tampa Bay. And time to see how traffic is trending out here. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is brought to you by the Duncan Duo. Today in history for November 8th. In 1837, Mary Lyon founded Mount Holyoke Female Seminary, which later became Mount Holyoke College. 1861, in the Civil War, the Trent Affair, the USS San Jacinto stopped the British mail ship Trent and arrested two Confederate envoys, sparking a diplomatic crisis between the U.K. and the U.S., 1889, Montana admitted as the 41st U.S. state. 1892, the New Orleans General Strike begins, uniting black and white American trade unionists in a successful four-day general strike action for the first time. 1895, while experimenting with electricity, Wilhelm Rongen discovered the X-ray. 1917, the first Council of People's Commissars is formed, including Vladimir Lenin, uh, Leon Trotsky, and Joseph Stalin. 1923, the Beer Hall Push in Munich. Adolf Hitler led the Nazis in an unsuccessful attempt to overthrow the German government. 1932, Franklin D. Roosevelt, elected as the 32nd president of the U.S., defeating incumbent president Herbert Hoover. 1933, the Great Depression, the New Deal, President Roosevelt unveiled the Civil Works Administration, an organization designed to create jobs for more than 4 million unemployed. 1939, in Munich, Adolf Hitler narrowly escaped the assassination attempt of George Elser while celebrating the 16th anniversary of the Beer Hall Push. 1950, in the Korean War, U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Russell J. Brown, while piloting an F-80 shooting star, shoots down two Korean MiG-15s in the first-ever jet aircraft-to-jet-aircraft dogfight in history. 1957, Pan Am Flight 7 disappears between San Francisco and Honolulu. Wreckage and bodies are discovered a week later. 1960, John F. Kennedy elected as the 35th president, defeating incumbent Vice President Richard Nixon, who would later be elected president in 68 and 72. I think that there is general agreement by all of our citizens that a supreme national effort will be needed in the years ahead to move this country safely through the 1960s. And 1965, the 173rd Airborne is ambushed by over 1,200 V.C. in Operation Hump during the Vietnam War. I think I was over there then. 1965, American Airlines Flight 383 crashed in Constance, Kentucky, killing 58. 1966, former Massachusetts Attorney General Edward Brooks becomes the first African-American elected to the U.S. Senate. In 1966, 
President Lyndon Johnson signed into law an antitrust exemption allowing the National Football League to merge with the upstart American Football League. 1972 American Pay Television Network Home Box Office, HBO, launched. 1973, the right ear of John Paul Getty III is delivered to a newspaper outlet along with a ransom note convincing his father, father to pay $2.9 million in ransom. 1988, U.S. Vice President George H.W. Bush elected the 41st president. In 1994, the Republican Revolution, on the night of the uh, midterm elections, Republicans made historic electoral gains by securing massive majorities in both houses of Congress, which is something they're hoping to do again. 1999, Bruce Miller killed at his junkyard near Flint, Michigan. His wife, Sherry Miller, who convinced her online lover, Jerry Cassidy, to kill him before later killing himself, was convicted in what became the first Internet murder. 2004, the Iraq War, more than 10,000 U.S. troops and a small number of Iraqi army units participate in a siege on the insurgent stronghold of Fallujah. And finally, 2016, Donald Trump elected the 45th president of the U.S., defeating Hillary Clinton, the first woman ever to get a major, a major party's nomination. I remember that day. Yep. That was a great day. Here's the here's actual uh, clip from uh, Trump's victory speech. Just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated <laughs> us on our victory, and I congratulated her and her family there on a go. very, very hard... <laughs> and this day in history brought to you by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. It's 5.51, time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5.55, we're joined by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And uh, Rory, the uh, big election is today. And we got a lot of high-profile races. Um, I'm wondering if people have already made up their minds. Are are they impacted by seeing the president? The well, our sometime soon presidential candidates or gubernatorial candidates, and all of these people out campaigning even today. Yeah, I mean, does it matter if Oprah makes an endorsement or Barack Obama shows up or former President Trump holds a rally? You know, when does it make a difference? Well, you know, there's an NBC News poll out that said 68% of registered voters made up their minds before September. So that means we've had two months of all this noise going on back and forth, and most people already knew who the, who they were going to vote for. 8% said they made up their minds in October just two percent said they decided in the past few days, and you know then it's a question of if if you haven't decided, then do you, in many cases they won't even bother to vote. So you you wonder all this sound and fury and the run up and the noise you know, doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, and I think it probably doesn't. 
I'll tell you one thing, it makes a difference to the broadcast companies. Uh, oh, the yeah. cost of this election cycle, about $16.7 billion is being mm. spent uh, this election cycle. Yeah, you're right. And uh, that's, I guess that's still important to them, so they want to keep that idea going. <laughs> right. And, you know, we're seeing a lot. You know, Florida's ballot this year, um, I don't, there's not a whole lot of drama in most of the races, especially, uh, you know, in the race for governor or Senate. We, we're pretty sure uh, no big changes are coming there. And we don't have a big ballot initiative. There's that one about the Constitutional Convention. But really, there's, nothing, there's no big motivating issue driving voters to the polls in Florida. But, you know, there are six abortion-related measures are, are happening in other states. Uh, Michigan essentially wants to legalize it. Kentucky wants to, you know, explicitly ban it. So it's a the abortion issue is out there. Drug issues. Colorado wants to legalize mushrooms. You know, and and California, of course, is crazy. California with their huge ballot initiatives on everything from uh, kidney dialysis to uh, sports betting. Hmm. Well, I guess at about this time tomorrow morning, we'll be talking about the outcomes, but I'm sure they will be still somewhat uncertain in a lot of cases. But, Rory, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Our NBC News Radio reporter, Rory O'Neill, on Twitter, at Radio Rory. It's 558 on AM Tampa Bay. For Radio. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. It is tuesday morning and it is election day so the polls will be opening in a little less than an hour you want to get out and get your vote counted you gotta go vote yeah well joy and i voted early by mail how about you guys yeah i mailed mine in uh, about three weeks ago katie i like going on the very last day she I likes love the, the chaos long of lines it. and all. That I do. Stuff. I love the chaos of it. I don't know why. Yeah, I I kind of enjoy that myself, but I'm glad I'm going to be napping instead. There you go. <laughs> hey, we got some birthdays here. I only have two of them: uh, Sandra Morgado and Leland Baldwin. So happy birthday to Sandra and Leland! Have you all got birthdays? I do. I have Nathan Sir, Dustin Glowacki, and Marsha Twist. And I've got a guy named Heath Hatchett who listens uh, frequently. Well, happy birthday to them all. And Also Griselda, who works here at iHeart. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you've got somebody you want to have us wish a happy birthday, just call Katie and we'll get her done or text us, and we shall make it happen. Now, I've got some lame jokes and stuff here well first of all george carl uh scientists say the universe is made up of protons neutrons and electrons they forgot to mention morons i like Uh. that one (laughs) and they say that when you meet the right person you know immediately so how come when you meet the wrong person it takes a year and a half well enough of that let's see (laughs) And um, let me see. We got medical terms, artery, the study of paintings, bacteria, the back door to the cafeteria. 
barium, what doctors do when patients die. Benign, what you be after you be eight. Caesarean section, neighborhood in Rome. Cat scan, searching for kitty. Caught her eyes, made contact with her, caught her eyes. Uh, colic, a sheepdog. And coma, a punctuation mark. Well, enough of those. Have you all uh, got any? Um, I do have one. I think it won't be hard to beat that. But <laughs> what are what days are the strongest days? The strongest days. Let's see. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know. Saturday and Sunday because the, the rest are weekdays. Yes, I was going. I just finally <laughs> thought of it. Well, I was going to say the weekend. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that would have worked too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, our apologies for all of those uh, coming up here. We're going to hear from the uh, National Weather Service, the meteorologist, on what to expect from subtropical storm Nicole, which is coming our way later this week. It's 10 after 6, and right now we'll check the asphalt jungle with John Thomas. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Katie Bacino, who is our dopiest dope of the day. Well, yesterday I told you about the two guys who were trying to steal from a store and crashed into each other in the parking lot. Well, this story is similar. It's from someone who tried to steal from a store. 17-year-old. I usually don't do teenagers as our dopes of the day, but this kid kind of earned it. He was trying to steal from Louis Vuitton, which is a very expensive store. He had $18,000 worth of handbags he was wow. attempting to steal. Oh, Lord. When he went to go run for it with his $18,000 worth of handbags, he ran straight into the glass door and knocked himself unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, literally knocked himself unconscious he hit that glass hard because he was trying to dart for it so he was running full speed out of the store and i guess they clean their glass very well at louis vuitton um yeah so very embarrassing he's going to break up with his girlfriend <laughs> if she wants that many purses right you're right about that i was going to say is he going to cure him by the way that reminds me we're going to have to tomorrow and after tomorrow while you're here is uh talk about why it's better to be a guy than it is to be a girl we can do that and that's one of the things you I've don't have to, so many answers to that yeah you don't have to carry a stinking purse although you only have so many places to put all of your things you have pockets and that's pretty much it yeah but we don't have all that stupid makeup and those kind of things have you we, ever asked joy to put something in her purse for you uh like you've been like can you carry you're carrying your purse will you hold this in your purse she's got a point no, if we go, you know, we go walking or something like that, I'll have her put things like my driver's license in there because I don't have pockets in so my. So it seems like the purse is pretty convenient for you. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just crazy. You know, we got a billfold, stick it in your back pocket, and that's it. That's fair. I, I don't carry a purse personally. I am terrible with purses. I have a wallet I carry, and I forget that half of the time. I am one of those people who cannot stand carrying a purse. It's just, I'm with you. It's just an extra thing to have to carry around, and I'm likely going to forget that I have it and leave it at a restaurant somewhere, so it's just a, not a good situation. Where do you carry your wallet? 
Uh, usually in my pocket. It's a small little wallet that I can put in my pocket. In your back pocket or yep, front pocket? usually in my back pocket. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I do and what probably James does. Yeah. I'm no, very... I'm a side pocket person. Nothing in the back po- pocket. Oh. I'm a very unbasic girl. I don't enjoy shopping. I don't really like jewelry. Um, I hate purses. So, yeah. I, yeah. I don't fit the normal criteria for the basic woman. For a lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purses have become such a fashion thing, too. And people spend so much money on their purses. I don't understand the point of that. Like, the fact that this man could carry $18,000 worth of purses in his arms disgusts me. That's probably, he probably only probably like, had, like, three. Exactly. Hmm. $18,000. That's like I mean, a one-arm thing. Crazy, crazy people. I remember Natalie a few years ago got me a Kate Spade purse for my birthday. And when I do carry a purse, I still carry that because I'm sure she spent good money on it for my birthday. And I just, I refuse to ever, like, just throw it in a closet and not use it because I I just know they're so expensive. And Did I would never it? spend it that much. Did she get it in New York? No, she got okay. it at the outlet mall. Okay, I actually know gotcha. exactly I was going to say it. because there's a lot of ripoffs in New York. No, yeah. she got it at the outlet mall. Hey, by the way, we got gas prices here in the Bay Area. Currently in the Bay Area, it's three forty-two and a half, and that's down a half cent from yesterday. But it's sixteen cents more than it was a week ago. So after going down, now it seems to be going back up, and it's fourteen cents more than it was a month ago. And uh, it's nine cents more than it was a year ago, but it is a dollar forty-eight lower than the highest price ever, and that was in June of this year. But again, one of the issues in the election is the fact that during the Trump administration, it was two and a half, two sixty. Gas was a heck of a lot cheaper. And they've used that to campaign, as you can only imagine. But that's pretty much uh, coming down Gandhi. I saw it one place where it was, I think, 325 at 7-Eleven. And then it was 345 at a couple of other places. So it's just hard to keep up with it. But that's what gases are. And we will be checking in here a little later on. In the next half hour with the uh, National Weather Service, right now it's 20 minutes after 6, and time to check in with John Thomas. Agriculture. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 624, Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter, joins us right now. And uh, you've got an interesting idea down here to talk about. Uh, how much press are you worth? And you mentioned a new calculator that tackles the inequality in how the media covers missing persons. Explain that. Yes, so the Columbia Journalism Review, they recently unveiled a tool that actually calculates the number of stories your disappearance would net. You can check it out, Jack. I, I encourage you and your, your listeners to check it out. You go to com, 
and it asks you to enter your age, your gender, your location, and your ethnicity. And then it tells you how many stories you would likely get if you were to go missing. And it uses data from over 3,600 stories about missing people done last year, and then also cross-references that with age, gender, race, and all those details from a database maintained by the U.S. Department of Justice. And it really is shocking who would get media coverage and who wouldn't. So, for example, a white woman in her early 20s living in Nevada would be covered by over 120 news stories and reach 92% of the country. However, if you were a black woman in New York City, 25 years old, you would get eight stories. And if you were a 50-year-old black man in the same city, you would get six. So it goes down precipitously with age. You know, it's pretty incredible how, how quickly age factors into this. Um, the older you get, the less stories that are likely going to cover you. But what's in, white people obviously get much more coverage than black and Hispanic people. It, we've seen that with the Gabby Petito case, which is really what what renewed all of this. And it, the data generates this rough estimate of how much public attention a person is going to get based on who they are. And it, it really points out the implicit bias that's partly to blame for this, along with the lack of diversity among journalists in these decision-making roles. It, it creates these hard-to-break habits. Wonder how they get these statistics. They they use it by 30, 3,600 stories about missing people done last year in the U.S. They pulled from those and then they cross reference them with age, gender, race, and details from a, a database maintained by the U.S. Department of Justice. So that's the methodology behind it, and you get to really see. I, it's fascinating what you see in terms of. So example. The disappearance of a 22-year-old white woman in New York City, that would generate 68 stories. And this is between the, the most you can get is 128, the least is zero. But if she were three years older, that number would drop to 19. Mm-hmm. So there, it really, there's, there's more than just demographics at play, too, in determining what stories get coverage. So the media also gravitates towards stories where there's plenty of photo and video available like in the Gabby Petito case, this kind of renewed all this. The family members were really willing to speak on camera, and she had such a large social media presence. And the reason this is important is because when a person, their case is seen by more people and they're missing, their chances of being found increase dramatically. So it's important to to have everyone miss. Every missing person is a loved one to someone, regardless of yeah. race, gender, ethnicity, etc. So it's important that all of their stories be heard. Now, RUPressworthy.com, is the RU, the letters RU, or the words RU? The word R, A-R-E-Y-O-U, Pressworthy.com. Okay, I want to write that down here, RUPressworthy.com. Sounds mighty interesting, Aaron. By the way, where do you live? I, I live in, I work in New York City, but I live in Connecticut, and it's actually funny that you bring that up because they, they ask um, where you are because if you're in a rural area, the probability of you being covered is far less likely. However, if you're kind of in a suburban or city, you, you just are going to get more coverage. You know, Tampa, that area, that there's more coverage. What's also interesting about this site, it's very quick. It takes about two seconds. So I, you can check it out. Your producers can check it out. Your listeners can. It also tells you which news outlets are likely to give you coverage as well. Okay, RUPressworthy.com. We will check it out. And Aaron Real, we will talk to you tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. You too. Our NBC News radio reporter, Aaron Real. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. 
Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Jack and Katie and James all on board here this morning. And of course, with the storm making its way in our direction, we've got Paul Close joining us right now from the National Weather Service meteorologist. And uh, Paul, how is it going to impact the Bay Area? Uh, it's primarily going to be some wind and some rain. Not, I mean, not real windy, but there could be some tropical storm force gusts. Winds 40, 50 miles an hour, maybe up to 60 in spots. And generally, two to four inches of rain across the area. And about how long will that last? Uh, most of that is Wednesday night and Thursday. And Thursday night, Friday starts to move out and stuff, but it's looking like it's still uh, still mostly Wednesday night, Thursday is the worst. Yeah, I saw where um, we might be getting some cooler than normal weather finally, some even low 70s for highs coming up here in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, once this goes by, a cold front will sleep through over the weekend, and that will usher in some nice, cool, dry air. Temperatures, like you said, low 70s on Monday, even Sunday, mid-70s. Dew points will fall, so much more comfortable back into the 40s and 50s for the dew points, so it'll feel much more comfortable and nice breeze on Sunday. And then, yeah, it slowly warms up next week, but still comfortable. Yeah, that'll be something really to enjoy. But in the meantime, I guess we need to uh, prep for what could be a little flooding and things like that with two to four inches of rain and uh, the winds. And should we go through our normal procedures when we got a storm, major storm coming? Um, some of them, yeah, in general, we still need to prepare because there still could be, it'll be like a, I've heard you hear people say, an afternoon thunderstorm that we get all the time, but instead of lasting 30 minutes to an hour, it'll last 12 hours or something. So it'll be wind, oh, some yeah. rain. So there, there could be a tree down here and there. So there'll be some power outages probably and things like that. So you still need to prepare, yes, because you never know. You know if the tree next to your house is the one that comes down across the power lines, you may be without power for a few days. Mm, okay, so we need to do our preparation for it, and we'll certainly stay in touch with you all and uh, talk to you again tomorrow morning, I hope. Yes, we're here. we'll be here. As it gets closer, and Paul Close, meteorologist with the National Weather Service, thanks for joining us this morning and bring us up to speed on on uh, good old Nicole coming through here. Yes, welcome anytime. It's 640 and time to check out traffic with John Thomas. For the- Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 645 on AM Tampa Bay and the blood moon apparently in its entirety is no longer visible in this area. If you saw that, please call and describe it. I went outside to look for it, couldn't find it out there. But, of course, we got the crosstown and trees and a bunch of other things probably in the way out there. We have such a restricted view here at the radio station. I get so sad. People call and be like, go outside and look up. The International Space Station's going by. And I'm like, "I'm yeah, I see an expressway, a couple trees. (laughs) Yeah, the trees especially. I went all the way out to the road and... Still couldn't see anything because of the expressway over our heads. Be careful walking out to the road on Gandhi. <laughs> Don't need you getting hit by a car. But anyway, we didn't get to see it very well from here. So if you saw it, 
please give us a call. We would like to uh, hear about what you think there. Hey, by the way, um, there are a lot of people that would like to see um, Election Day, which is the second Tuesday in uh, November uh, every other year, made a national holiday in the U.S., in which people would get off work and have more time to go to the polling places. But they'd like to see it as a national holiday. Of course, if it were, I'd like to see it move back to Monday, but that would be tough to do. And some are also saying you could move Veterans Day from the 12th of November down to the same day as Election Day and give people a day off for Veterans Day and Election Day. Possible, but if you want to give people a, a day off, then I don't think uh, using the elections uh, it's going to be the same, you know, would be good on the same day because then people have to work to do the election. Yeah, well, that's true. You have to stand and, in lines, waste time. And plus, if you're going to get a, a day off, I'd like to move it back to Monday so you could have a long weekend rather than have Saturday and Sunday off or Sunday off, and then you're back to work for a day, and then you're off another day. But that would be nice to have another national holiday. But like you say, well, it ain't going to happen, so we can forget about it. We do have a holiday coming up on Friday, though, Veterans Day. Oh, yeah, Veterans Day. Well, not a holiday. got to work but it is a day in which we recognize our veterans and thank goodness they're doing it better now than what they used to do i was looking at some some great deals that uh katie found here for uh veterans day for the veterans uh for service members and their families but um places well we'll get around to them tomorrow uh, or during the week here, chilies and country chicken, no, country kitchen. Got that right. Cracker barrel. I don't know if I've got anything left showing uh, that I'm a veteran, which maybe I can take a picture or something like that. You don't have like a, a card? I don't think I do. Hmm. I'm surprised. Got to check your wallet. Probably lost it. No, I know I don't have it in my wallet. I must have lost it somewhere. I'm sure you could go to McDill and get something. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but I'm sure that you can get I know my mom just got her VA card not too long ago. Yeah, and I can. I do have a card to go to McDill, so I can do that for sure. But anyway, we will salute our veterans on Friday for sure. And again, if you uh, saw that moon, we'd like to hear from you. Give us a call, 800-969-9352. John Thomas, our traffic guy, he saw it. He sent me a picture. He said him and his 7-year-old son got to go outside, and it is definitely red. It was red, the picture he sent me. I'd love to see that, the blood moon, they call it. I'll have to show you the picture that he sent me. Yeah. But that's cool that him and his son got to go outside and see it. It looks like it was cloudy, and they still were able to see it. And I can tell in the picture that it was red, so that's very neat. Yep, that is very cool. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and 
John Thomas now with traffic. Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And that election coverage starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Um, and again, brought to you by the Holland Group, the retirement wealth advisors who say, let's make the rest of your life the best of your life. And, of course, we'll have results. We'll be talking about it tomorrow morning, too. And that and the storm coming our way are going to be the big stories. Oh, we got uh, Ron Ron is on the phone here now regarding Veterans Day. What's up, Ron? Hey, Jack. Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing great. Good. Me too. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea to make Veterans Day Election Day. I mean, have the day off on a Monday. What the heck? Yeah, we uh, could move it back yeah, to Monday. Yeah, vote and and, uh, and I vote counts. You know that. And uh, I voted uh, yesterday. I tried to vote two two times, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> hey, thank you, Ron. Ron. And, it's 6.55. Hey, you got to check out our blog because Katie's got some good stuff on it here as usual. Uh, a woman goes viral sharing recipes from the 1920s. Yes, I thought these were so cool. I don't know why I'm so infatuated with watching recipes from the past, but there's like an applesauce cake on there from the 1920s. There's like icebox cake. They're not all cake um, recipes, but some of them are like bread and old pastas i think it's so neat to watch people how they cooked in the 1920s she found like some recipe box in her storage that was clearly a very very old recipe box and she's just been going through cooking all the stuff from them well have to check that out and joy would like that you'll have to show her that yeah uh the best food and freebie deals for veterans day and we'll talk about that later in the week too and a female diver who barely escaped becoming a shark dinner. Have you watched that video yet? That's insane. No, I haven't seen it yet. And then she got right back in the water. Yeah, and you got to go a little deep onto our blog and see Katie attempting the love challenge with Brian Fink and Sarah Jacobs. That's bizarre. But you will see it all at amchampabay.com. And by the way, we forgot to mention that the Lightning host the Oilers tonight. The Edmonton Oilers are in town. That's tonight. And uh, on Sunday, the Buccaneers are hosting the Seahawks. But although it's a home game for the Bucks, if you want to watch them, you got to fly to Munich. It's being played in Munich. That's not fair to make a home game in Munich. But nevertheless... And we'll have more on the storm tomorrow morning as well, I'm sure. So be sure and tune in tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.